This is the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the best tactical and statistical analysis of Liverpool FC. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of Analyzing Anfield. I'm Josh Williams and I'm joined as ever by David Hughes. How are you getting on mate? Yeah, okay mate, I'm getting uh, accustomed to this staying in all day, every day malarkey. Um, yeah, I, I know what, I was thinking yesterday, I haven't worn a pair of jeans in about two and a half weeks. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I've realised, uh, I'm gradually realising it every single day and I'll probably use this actually as a, as a segue to explain why for the YouTube audience we're not currently recording. Um, not blaming anyone, but it's Dave's fault that uh, his, uh, his camera isn't working today. <laughs> so, um, we're audio only today. Um, but if you could see me, you'd realise that I've got a wig like Mo Salah at the minute. I think oh, I'm about God. six weeks without a cut. <laughs> uh, I was getting a bit out of hand. I haven't gone down the post cut route yet. Just shaving all my hair off. No, what, mate? Oh, I'm, yeah. ju- I- I'm just going to uh, embrace grown man, to be honest. I'm going to see how it goes over the next few uh, <laughs> few months and see how far I get. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to hopefully go down to the Alison or something, but you never know, do you? Yeah, we haven't got a choice anyway, have we? So we better get used to it. No. Uh, so anyway, this week's episode, um, again, trying to mix it up, trying to keep it fresh. Um, the Watchables episode, which we're going to keep doing every other week, I think. But rather than doing it every single week, we thought we'd mix it up this week. Um, so what we've done is a bit of an alternative type episode and transfer special. Um, so those that are interested in transfer moves, this is one for you, I suppose. Um, so what we're going to do is, obviously Liverpool aren't going to sell Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino, Mohamed Salah, all on the same summer or whatever. So what we're going to do, we're going to try and replicate Liverpool's front three and the dynamic that it offers as though Mane, Firmino and Salah didn't really exist. Um, So if we were to recreate Liverpool's front three now for Liverpool, but without those three players available. um, So I've picked two options for each player uh, and Dave has done the same. I have no clue what Dave's picked. Dave has no clue what I've picked. Hopefully... We haven't just picked the same player at every single position because uh, it could be a short, could be a short show if it is. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Um, and we've also looked at transfers that are a bit more um, likely. So a, a rotation or an alternative option for Divokarigi, who may be sold, we never know. An alternative option for Sharon Jakiri, who again may be sold. Um, so, just a little bit of background in terms of the the dynamic that Liverpool's front three offer. It's not just the fact that they're all good players or whatever. It's it's a specific tactical dynamic. So, you've got Roberto Firmino in the centre, who's naturally inclined to retreat into midfield, um, and then that only works because either side of them, you've got two wide forwards, both of whom are inclined to cut inside on their favoured foot and drive towards goal to actually deliver the goals. Um, so it's a very specific dynamic there that we want to recreate. So I've give I've give Dave some very specific, but not too many, criteria that we have to meet. So for Mane, which you know, we'll start now with Mane, the player has to be right-footed and he has to be under the age of 26 because when we signed Mane, I think he was 24. When we signed Firmino, 23. And when we signed Salah, I think he was 25. So, go on, Dave, you can you can start. Hey, mate. I'll, um, <clears throat> it, previously, we've done episodes like this, and I've kind of gone in with a, a mad one early doors, and I think I'm just going to go a little bit more uh, steady to start us off. Um, but still... I, I, I will say I've, I've gone fully down the Michael Edwards route. I've done it fully, as, as though I was in charge, do you know what I mean? Yeah, Okay. So this player I'm, I'm flagging um, is someone that everybody listening will will know and may even raise a few eyebrows, but you just show it really well. And it's um, Diego Jota at Wolves. Okay. Um, how, how, I've, how I've basically come to this um, kind of... The, well, all, basically all the selections have come. Uh, I've looked at players across the uh, previous 12 months all senior competitions who've played upwards of 1,400 uh, 
1400 minutes and I've selected some key areas where I think um, are quite relevant in terms of in terms of Mane so although we can focus on things such as goals and we might touch on them per player I haven't I haven't touched on that too much I've looked more you know expected numbers so I've looked at XG per 90 shots per 90 uh, shots on target percentage um, dribbles of course success rate in those dribbles expected assists and I've also put in there successful uh, defensive actions as well just because I think um, Liverpool's from from three do plenty of that, um, yeah. And one of the players who shows quite well is Diego Jota. Um, you know, he's he's got a similar XG to Mane per ninety, slightly more shots, um, a similar area in terms of shots on target, um, more more dribbles actually. Um, even though I was slightly quite surprised small. once I've seen his dribble numbers actually. He dribbles yeah. quite a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, I've got down as uh, around seven point nine per ninety, which is well, you'll know is is quite high, isn't it? Yeah, um, attempts all completed. So that's attempts, but it's still a success rate of around forty five percent. Which you know, you, you're saying what just under four successful dribbles per ninety. That's I think mm. that's pretty impressive. And then um, successful defensive actions per ninety two point six, and Mane is normally around two point five. So. There's a lot more similarities between the two than perhaps people might might expect. Yeah, I mean, interesting little shout there. I have went down a, a bit a bit of a more obvious route, I would say. Um, I, I, I could come out with some, you know, I suppose deep deeper alternative routes that maybe a few listeners won't be aware of, but I think I've just tried to really... Um, Try to offer a proper insight into into who Liverpool might fully fully sign, uh, and that's that reached the level where I think it's quite obvious in in certain areas at least. So my first option, I, I will say as well that most of my uh, suggestions here, if listeners of the show every single week will know virtually all of them, because I've mentioned some of these names pretty much in every episode. Well, not in every episode, every every now and then. Say so. First first option anyway. Uh, Jaden Sancho, obviously. Mm. Um, now I appreciate this is just this is supposed to be like a bit deeper and stuff like that, but I, I just don't think you can look past certain players like this. I think it's very obvious that Liverpool are going to be at least interested in this player. Um, he turned twenty last week. English homegrown, fits the right footed criteria. His contract expires in two years, so you know usually once you get down to the final two years, uh, you start to become available sort of thing. He's not particularly light and quick, but he's quick enough. Um, very unpredictable on the ball. And I think another skill of his is that his output doesn't seem to diminish if you move him to the right side. Now, I know this is for Mane, but it's obviously very helpful if you can have a player that can play on either flank and it doesn't really affect him. Mm. Um, 17 goals this season, 19 assists. So that's a goal or an assist every 75 minutes. Um, again, at the age of 20. Um, just over two shots per 90 and about two shots assisted per 90. So his creation and his actual shooting, his actual scoring is, is quite balanced, 50-50 there. Uh, downsides, he he completes about 48 passes per 90 and that's, that's quite a lot for an attacking player. That's about... That's around the level of Coutinho, I think, and I think Klopp was quite pleased when we sold Coutinho in the regard of um, getting rid of getting rid of a ball dominant player. Almost Mane, for example, completes twenty eight per ninety. So Sancho about twenty passes more there, and I just think when you when you've got a player who's inclined to see a lot of the ball, you become a bit more predictable and stuff like that. And obviously the massive caveats that I've got to add in now, and this is probably why he's not gonna. Signed, he's obviously massively overpriced. Um, I think he's gonna cost about 120 million or something like that. But I wanted to do it as though, like, you know, if this was a shadow squad and, and Sadio Mane didn't exist and we had to get the next Sadio Mane in, for me, it's quite obvious that it'd be Jaden Sancho. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah, I mean, you can't do this kind of show and not, and not include them, especially when there's you know, Liverpool now in a position where they could realistically attract these sorts of players. Um, yeah. 
I suppose then I'm 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 maybe working as the counterbalance to that <laughs> because my next that's probably a good thing because we'd have the same player for everyone. Otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's worked out quite well. Um, so yeah, this this player I knew very little about until basically I've come across him um, with a data search and then just had a had a little look into him. But it's a player called uh, Florinal Coleman. Um, he's twenty one years old. Plays for Starbrook Arrest. Um, he looks. I mean, he looks really good, really exciting. And actually, I did notice what when I was looking into him that. He's been he's been linked with a few Premier League clubs or just over the last few weeks. Uh, so likes of Chelsea and and West Ham, but it's easy to see see why. I mean, an important caveat to note is he's playing in the Rome, uh, Romanian sorry Premier League. But what I will say is that's not that unusual considering that's his birth country. So he's obviously come through the ranks there. Um, so you know he's still just twenty one. There, there's probably a big move on the horizon, but. He's he's taken uh, three point five shots per ninety. Uh, he's playing out on the left, similar to Mane, but right footed likes to cut in. Um, about forty percent of those shots hit the target. He's got an xG of 0. 0.33, um, and he's scoring around 0. 0.4 per ninety. So he's he's over performing against his xG, but a healthy amount, I'd say. Um, he's not who's who dribbles a lot, a lot more than Mane does. He dribbles seven point five per ninety. Um, a sixty percent dribble success rate as well. Uh, expected numbers, expected assists, he's 0.2 per ninety. So I mean, you're looking at really, really good numbers there. Um, and even with a subsequent, I don't know, drop in, in terms of playing in a much harsher, harsher environment of somewhere like the Premier League, um, I mean, the, the, it still has potential to be a really good output. So he's, he's maybe one to one to keep an eye on over the next. I don't know, year or so, and you know, potentially we're talking. We don't expect Mane to go anywhere of the next year, um, so he could kind of be a player to base on the scene over the next twelve months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think, I think I got his name right, um, but he's not. I don't think he's a player I've heard of actually, unless no, he was so a, unless he was a player who um, once I saw his name written down, it, it maybe you know twigs something in my head, but other than that, yeah. it doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, no, he's, uh, as I said, he seems relatively unknown, but he seems like one of those players that's potentially on the cusp of um, becoming quite relevant over the next 12 months. Yeah. So, my second option, again, just completely obvious. Uh, it's the easiest player in the front three for me to to replace uh, Sadio Mane. And that's no that's no dig on Mane. That's mm. just because there's, there's, you get quite a few quality right-footed Attackers of that type. So, next one, obvious, just Timo Werner. Uh, mm. I've mentioned him a lot of times. 24 years old, right footed. Uh, unlike Sancho, he's lightning quick, um, but still got a degree of unpredictability on the ball. And unlike Sancho, he's capable through the middle and able to stretch the fence and that sort of thing. 27 goals, 12 assists. So that's a score and contribution roughly every 72.6 minutes. Um, lots of shots, about 3.8 per 90. That's about the same as Mo Salah. And, but he, he doesn't generate as much for others. Uh, 1.2 shots assisted per 90. Um, but the, I suppose the downside in comparison to the man I've, I've also mentioned earlier is that Werner's four years older. And Sancho, mm. um, but the, the but slightly different pros and cons, but at the same time they're very similar too. So um, I've been asked a few times who would I rather over, you know, Sancho or Werner, and I can't really answer it to be honest. The 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 two, um, they're both too good, while also being slightly different and stuff like that. But I think the massive thing in Werner's camp that that I'm about to mention now, and it's why for me he probably fit in my team, he'd probably be my version of Mane, is because he's he's relatively affordable. He'd probably be about half the price of Sancho. And I don't think Sancho is double a player. So Bernard would probably be my Mane. Yeah. I mean it's one of them, isn't it? People ask you that question and in reality it's it's either, isn't it? You take you take either of them. But um I definitely think for things beyond on the pitch 
I think Timo Werner does make maybe a little bit more sense, or you can make a case for it at least a little bit more sense from a Liverpool point of view. Yeah, I think that off the pitch, I think Sancho's obviously got the, the English and homegrown thing in his camp, um, and he's younger, but in terms of value, you're getting so much more value for, for Werner if you get another mm. half price. Yeah, yeah, you're right, mate. So go on. Um, Roberto Firmino, so again, the player must be at least 26, uh, must be under 26, sorry. Um, and in terms of the, the preferred force, it doesn't matter as much with Firmino with this one. Yeah, so um, again, I tried to hone in on things similar to Mane, but a little bit more specific to to Firmino's role. So Firmino is... Yeah, go on. I've got to say, do, do you think... Because this is what I found, at least, that in terms of replacing Firmino... <laughs> I know what you're going to say. <laughs> you're looking less at the numbers and more at the clips. Yeah, yeah, because um, a lot of his stuff, what Firmino does well, isn't really quantifiable in numbers, is it? Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was. It was hard. and I, But even, even with the numbers, I found he was really difficult to, to replace. Um you know, it was very much a case of trying to just... I had to loosen the parameters a lot more with him than I did with, with the other two players. And then, yeah, as you say, you'd have to a little bit more eye test. Um, but the player, do you want to flag and He's not an unknown quantity, but he's someone I like. And, you know, someone who potentially could do that role would be uh, Federico Chiesa at, um Oh, yeah. At Fiorentina. Chiesa, yeah. Chiesa, sorry. Um yeah, I think he's he's a really good player. Um, I'm pretty sure he's still only 22, um, but he he offers he offers a fair bit more. Maybe in, in an attacking sense, he's he's average, averaging around 3.5 shots per 90. Now for me, I was normally around somewhere around the 2.5. Um, you know, he, he again he dribbles a lot more than he does, but. Um, he has marginally fewer touches in the box, around 4.4, compared to Firmino, where averages, you know, well over five. And noticeably, he also has fewer passes. You know, Firmino's quite heavily involved in, in build-up play, as we know. So he's normally around the 33 passes per 90 mark. Um, but, you know, he, he's got around 3.2 passes into the penalty area per 90. Firmino, that's normally around two. Uh, he drops off quite well. To link the play and um, and he's got a good goal return as well, just over point um, two per ninety. So he's a he's a, he's a player I really like and someone I think could. I mean, I don't think you're ever going to get a carbon copy of Firmino, but he's, he's certainly someone who's who's close to that. Yeah, he's a. I think a lad. A lad. The end. The end of me during the week actually. Um, just speaking about the show and stuff like that, and I think I think I called Firmino a unicorn too. <laughs> um, just because he's he, he is quite a rare profile, isn't he? In terms of being such a delicate player in possession, but then without the ball, he's he's quite relentless. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, that's, something, that's something I just want to flag as well. Obviously, he it was important I included this successful like defensive actions per ninety with Firmino as well because that's a kind of big part of his game. Um, yeah. And he showed. Case has showed up really well there. I think for me, you know, it was about 2.9 successful defensive actions per 19. He's, he's 2.3, so 9 million miles apart. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, you know, difficult player to place. Um, and when, what, what I mentioned before in terms of not, not relying as much on numbers is because Klopp's wide forwards tend to be the real output players, really. Whereas Firmino is more of a, um, he basically provides the glue in the final third. Um, all about his first touch, his awareness of what's going on around him, um, feeding other players, timing and all all things like that that you can't really quantify, as Dave said. So I was looking for, for players that just, you know, neat passing, smart passes, good spatial awareness, constantly scanning the areas around them feeding other players. Um, so I'll start with a bit of an alternative choice. He's not he's not on number nine. Uh, but but the, re- the reason, in fact, neither of my players are. But the reason 
I went for these two is because Firmino wasn't Firmino wasn't really, um, but he, he he's kind of just a sooner role under Klopp. In that, like it it's it still works because he he spends so much time in a number ten space. Um, so number one for me, well not number one, just my first my first option, Emmy Buendia. Obviously, we've spoken about him a few times. Norwich, um, but he's twenty three years old, and he's well on the verge really of suffering relegation, which should technically make him a, a bit attainable. Um, if you watch him play, very very creative, just naturally, um, good in small spaces, good first touch, constantly aware of what's going on around him. Usually, his his first touch um, puts him in a more progressive position than before. Um, he's got good output in terms of uh, performance numbers between both boxes. We will get to the fact that he hasn't scored a goal all season. <laughs> so, <laughs> he falls short in the output regard there. I was wondering how you're going to balance that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he put his face, he's fifth in the division and this is for all players to have played over 1,500 minutes. He's fifth for shots assisted per 90. Um, and that's playing for the team at the 20th. And I think the players he's behind, I'll, I'll have a look in a sec, but I think the players he's behind are the likes of Kevin De Bruyne and Robbie Tens Alexander-Arnold in there. I think James Madison was in there, but takes plenty of set pieces. And So he's just a, a naturally creative player. Um, and he's, he's fourth... By the same, by the same metric. Uh, sorry, not by the same metric. By the same values in terms of one thousand five hundred minutes played, three passes per ninety completed. Um, and obviously, if you've got Salah and Mane in front of you, running in behind, being able to execute three passes well is obviously a very valuable trait. Um, downsides: his contract currently runs until twenty twenty four. That's another four years. So obviously, Norwich are in no rush to sell him. And obviously, as I've just said, he hasn't scored all season. Um, the reason I'm not too concerned about that is because A, Firmino's primary role doesn't really... I mean, it sounds stupid to say your number nine isn't really too fussed on scoring, but I'd, I'd say his responsibility is like finding the net is almost a bonus for him, as mad as that sounds. Um, and I think Brendan, yeah. if he was playing for Liverpool, he'd naturally score more than zero. I think that's just quite... A little bit of an anomaly almost. Um another downside, he's only five foot seven. Uh, I think I'd want my my Firmino type to be a bit more a bit taller than that, a bit more physical than that. But having said that, he's quite aggressive though. I think his defensive numbers are really good actually, if you have a look at them. Mm. And final obvious downside is that he's he's unfamiliar with playing as the most advanced central player as a number nine, but you know, a false nine type, but I'm sure that as was the case with Firmino, he'd be able to um, to get used to that a little bit. Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good show. Um, yeah, so my <laughs> my next name, really, second option. Yeah, is um, I, I I need to explain this one once I've said it, but I've gone with uh, Jonathan Lacone at uh, at Lille. Um, now he. The reason I say I need to explain is he can have a tendency to to feature out wide, um, but he also comes. He, he, he basically features it across various parts of the of the front three. Um, he's really fluid in doing so. I think you know Firmino does that quite well. But he, I mean, he will quite often lead the line and drop into like the number ten area. Um, Lincoln play does it really well. Um, you know he's. He's also not a huge, um, a huge output player, shall we say? Uh, I think he's got a combined around seven goals and seven assists this this season. But um, if we have a look at it over the, the twelve month period, you know, he's got an xG of just below 0.2. Um, his dribbles of just below seven per ninety. But then. Um, He's involved a lot more in play, you know, passes per 90. We've got just under 30. I think Firmino is around 33 per 90. Uh, Firmino is around just over 0.1 second assists per 90, which is obviously the assist before the assist. And um, Kone's got 
point one, so he's fairly close in that regard. And you know, he, it, it's around just over three uh, passes into the penalty area per ninety. So what I'd say was he's, he isn't so much as a, a huge output player um, in terms of you know goals or even to an extent direct assists. You know, he doesn't take a ton of shots either, one point six per ninety, but um, he does seem to just have that ability to kind of roam around the um the final third. He can he can lead the line, but he can also drop in to collect possession and link other players around him. And um yeah, I said I don't think he's a, an obvious standout candidate, but I think when you just look at it at a little bit more of like a granular level and a little bit below the surface, then you can kind of see how he may be suitable to that role. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting shout. Just a little bit more on Buendia there. By the way, uh, Premier League this season, minimum of 1,000 minutes played. And this is including all strikers, wide midfielders, wide forwards and number 10s. Um, Buendia, out of a select group of 57 players, that includes Buendia's top for defensive duels per 90. Surprisingly. Um, mm. Now, obviously, that's not possession adjusted. So it may stem from Norwich just having to defend a bit more than Liverpool, for example. Wendy uh, is top, followed by AOZ Perez in second. And then, and then um, yeah, Andres Pereira, if you're going to include him as a, as a number 10. Uh, so I don't know, I thought that was interesting. Obviously, he's doing a lot, a lot without the ball, according to those numbers, at least. Yeah, well. Uh, you did, you did touch on it. Obviously, that will be boosted by playing for Norwich. But even if you kind of were to even that out, and or, or as you said, based on possession, um, he'd still be he'd still be showing quite well there. Clearly, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, my my next option would we going to say something? I was just going to say, you know, I feel like I've I've gone first on the last couple of years. I think you should uh, get get to go first on uh, this Salah one. Okay, sounds. Uh, my second option, anyway. I think this would be a little bit of an alternative take if we didn't get asked this question in the Q and A about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, my second option for Firmino would be Kai Havertz. Um, twenty years old, contract expires in twenty twenty two, so he's in that two year period. Um, his output is massive, but it's it's decent at ten goals and eight assists, especially considering again he's twenty years old. That's a score and contribution every 163 minutes. And um, obviously I mentioned that Firmino's numbers are difficult to go by and you need to use your eyes a bit more. But one thing I did look at was um, Europe's top five leagues, strikers and number 10s, just passes per 90 basically, just to see which number 10s and which strikers are actually seeing seeing the ball often because I think that's a crucial role for Firmino to link the play high up the field. I remember you referred to him once, Dave, as an advanced pivot. Yeah. Um, and I looked, so I looked at those and 80 players from Europe's top five leagues, number 10s and strikers, I think 1,500 minutes was the the cut-off points, maybe 1,000, but he was 80 players anyway, and Kai Havertz was top for passes completed per 90. So obviously he sees a lot of the ball despite playing high up the field. A versatile type of player, um, six foot two as well. His vision's brilliant, technique really, really good. Reminds me a little bit, to be honest, of Mesut Ozil. Um, the way he plays and just the way he moves with the ball and the way he spots spots runs out of nowhere and stuff like that. But again, on the negative side, I'm doing negative side for every player. By the way, should have been <laughs> <laughs> doing pros and cons. But uh, he's overpriced. I think Leverkusen are talking about something like 100 million or something for the services, and I can understand why, but he's not worth that. Did you get um, a, Did you get the opportunity to watch him against Rangers a couple of weeks ago, just before football was? Oh no, halted. Yeah, the um, I, I did, and you could definitely see glimpses of it. But I remember thinking, you know, I understand that was just one game, but if for for figures of you know 100 million plus. You kind of expecting the player to be, you know, virtually unplayable in fixtures like that, uh, mm. you know, on a regular basis. And don't get me wrong, you know, he has been phenomenal, but 
I remember just watching that game, really excited because you know you don't get you don't get to watch it a lot of them live, and I was a little bit like oh, I wanted to just see a little bit more, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, but um, yeah. I think from Leverkusen's perspective, when you've got a player like that, you're almost selling them not for what they are now, but for what they may become. Almost mm. considering he's twenty. You know, if you picture that player at 26, maybe six years' time, how good he could be after another six years of development. Hmm. You know, he could be where he wants. Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel. I'm going first, am I, for the selling? I think so, mate. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, well, I wanted to actually uh, mention something on selling because I don't know about you, Dave. Hopefully, you've realized this, but you know, maybe you haven't. But I, I saw on on Twitter a few few months ago, someone someone tweeted, "Who do you think is the most difficult to replace? Who, who do you think Liverpool are going to find the most difficult to replace out of Mane, Firmino, and Salah?" Um, and it was a poll, and you know, there was huge votes and all stuff like that. And I think I think the obvious answer that comes to mind is probably Firmino, because as I said before, he's a bit of a unicorn. But I think once you actually look at what's available, once you actually look at the players out there, for me, I think Salah is the is the most difficult to replace, and it's purely because he's left footed. Um, the criteria for this for this player that me and Dave have tried to find here is he must be under twenty six, and he must be left footed. And once you narrow down your search to players that play with the left foot, you really do get rid of an absolute load. <laughs> Um, like uh, thinking of top top attackers now from Europe who play with the left foot Messi uh, Bernardo Silva Riyad Mahrez Dybala Griezmann you're not going to get any of them um, and none of them are really in the mould of Salah either in terms apart from maybe Mahrez in terms of having pace goals left foot He's, he, he is quite a really difficult player to find to find replacements for I found. Um and I feel like my two suggestions are nowhere near the quality of Sancho Verne I've heard. So uh, I'll start with one anyway. So Samuel Chukwizi, um Villarreal, twenty years old, left footed and he's he's quick, strong. Uh, 2.1 shots per 90 which is you know it's not bad I suppose especially for a 21 year old uh, 20 year old um, about 1.4 shot assists per 90 which again it's fine it's decent um, but his output isn't really there yet um, 4 goals and 4 assists this season with one of those posted every 203 minutes which you know again he's 20 years old and it's not it's not bad, but it's not it's not great either. Like he's still a very raw player, and he's got a contract until twenty twenty three. So he's got three years left on his deal. So I think he'd probably be a bit of a tricky one to to get immediately, or Villarreal be able to demand a decent fee for him. But I, I found it particularly difficult to to find a player with Salah's Salah's goal threat and Salah's output from the right. Who uses his left? I don't know if you found the same problem, Dave. Um, I have to agree in the sense that trying to find someone to his ability, yes, definitely. Um, it's just so hard think... because he's, he's he's such you know the position he's in in his career. He's he's at the he's at the very highest level at the moment. Yeah, because I think I think that's what we've tried to do in terms of replacing this front team. Maybe it would have been different if we were sat next to each other in the office. But the fact that we're separate, I, I tried to replace my front, front three with players that could come in immediately right now and Liverpool wouldn't suffer a drop-off and would be able to play exactly the same way. Um, but I found it difficult with Salah. Yeah, whereas, you know, I can see that you have maybe looked a bit more into the future. Yeah, I was about to say, my approach is probably a little bit more... Um... Yeah, a little bit more adjusted where there'd probably be an acceptance that these players aren't there yet, but could be uh, in the coming yeah. in the coming years. But as we touched on at the top of the show, I think if we're being honest, it, we would have really struggled to both approach it in the same manner because I imagine we would have just come up with the same players. Yeah. Um, on that note, then I'll, I'll I'll start with my first kind of salary replacement, and that's um, Calvin Stengs. 
um, of AZ Alkmaar, um, 21 years old, bit of a rising style actually in the Eredivisie. Um, I mean, he's a really exciting player. He, he hasn't yet got the the kind of uh, output of Salah, um, but he's still got a noticeable output in the sense that he's he's taken around 2.7 shots per 90. Um, he's left-footed. Um, which, as, as Josh has just kind of pointed out, is is quite difficult. But he plays on the right, left footed, uh, two point shot, two point seven shots per ninety. Um, hits around forty percent on target, which is very similar to Salah. Um, I've got over the last twelve months as all comps, Salah averaging around five point nine dribbles per per ninety, and Stengs is doing just over five, so not a million miles away there. Um, He's, he's he's involved in significantly more passes around 45 per 90, but I think a lot of that is to do with how AZ uh, Alkmaar play. Um, but yeah, he's got he's got better creative numbers um, in terms of expected assists and passes into the penalty area. Um, he's averaged out around over 0.2 goals per 90, and he's he's just a very exciting player. I think he's he's going to kind of maybe even make a move into Europe when the window's next open and it'll be to a big club. It's just one kind of thing that maybe puts puts me off from a Liverpool point of view is I noticed his agent is now Mino Raiola. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, who tends to just ruin any sort of negotiation or you'll end up paying over the odds. And, um, and Liverpool to me just... I mean, off the top of my head, Josh, I, have Liverpool dealt with him with any recent signings? No, I don't think I can't. I don't really recall any, to be honest. Maybe I'm missing something obvious there, but I don't think Liverpool have ever dealt with Raiola, to be honest. And, and it wouldn't surprise me as well if that was an active, active choice. Um, yeah. No, knowing how we know how Liverpool work. I feel like they, they, they try to probably avoid working with him, um, which which could be a stumbling block. But he's definitely a player uh, who's, you know, albeit in a lesser league, but he's just 21 and he's kind of mirroring um, Salah's output in many ways. And I think he'd go on to be a really, really exciting player. Yeah, he rings, I'm, I'll be honest, he, he rings a very, very small bell. <laughs> Yeah, but um, we see that many players' names, though, don't you? I mean, people, there's there's a few out there, and I won't name names, who kind of make out like, you know, they've got this ready-made database of um, players <laughs> on the top of there. But in reality, it's not that easy. Um, no. So, you know, it's it's one of them. It, we, you, you would have seen it. Um, and there's plenty that, it, you know, we, there's plenty of others that have probably seen his name. It just hasn't registered. But he's, he's definitely one that we should keep an eye out for, I think. Yeah, um, so we'll move on to my my second option, which was um, Rafinha, uh, 23 years old, Rennes, I think he plays for, I have to double check that one, I'm pretty sure it's Rennes though, in the French League one. Uh, again, left-footed, um, he's not the quickest accelerator, similar to Seller, but when he does reach his top speed, he is, he is quick, he's a bit like a maybe like a bail in that regard in terms of he doesn't reach his top speed immediately similar to Van Dijk I suppose but when he does reach that top speed very few are keeping up with him um, physical uh, quite aggressive and stuff like that nine goals this season and five assists with one posted every 193 minutes again it's okay it's decent it's not Mohamed Salah it's not even close to Mohamed Salah but it's it, in terms of what I'm doing, at least in terms of replacing the front three right now, so that you don't face a drop off. It is tricky. So Rafinha was one of the closest players I could find to him. To be honest, Dave, I don't know if you've seen him, but he reminded me. And I'm not just saying this because he's because he's Brazilian, but he did remind me <laughs> quite a lot of the Charleston, To be honest, the Charleston, yeah, yeah, just uh, the, field, the way he runs, the way he attacks and stuff. Yeah, no, you know what? I've only seen um, what what appears in the data. In terms of actual footage, I haven't. I haven't seen much, so I'm I'm kind of relying on you there to say that. But um, but yeah, that's interesting. Bit, get bear in mind that we know how Richardson plays and stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah, and obviously he, he didn't remind me of him just to, the way he used the ball and stuff like that. Maybe Rafinha feeds feeds his, um, his teammates a little bit more. Um, few long range long range passes, which I don't really relate with Richarlison, but yeah, he looked like a decent little player. I'm not sure he'd reach Salah's level considering he's now he's now 23. It's not like he's 20, so usually at the age of 23, you know, your, your overall ceiling is like it's roughly in reach. Um, so I think I think he'll reach a decent level. I think he's going to move from Rennes. Whether he'll reach a Liverpool Salah-esque level is another question. Um, and his contract runs until twenty twenty three, so he's another like Chuck Reezy, where maybe in terms of negotiations, his club might have the advantage in terms of having another year before things start to get a little bit pipey. Hmm. What about yourself? So I'm interested to see what you think on this one. Actually, uh, again, it's one of them where it's you know I feel like we've used this disclaimer on every on every one for Salah, but you know we're not saying this is Salah levels at the moment. But he's a player who's been on the radar for a while now and hasn't really got that move. Um, and it's it's um, Neres, Dav Neres. Uh, I oh have, yeah. Um, you know he's he's, he's 23 now. Um, which mm. feels like he's he's getting on a little bit, but you know he's still got really impressive numbers. Um, obviously, he plays on the right, left footers. Um, you know, XG of just over point three per ninety. His shots are, are so much lower than Salah's. That's something that's really important to point out. He's around. He's been around one point seven, whereas we pointed out Salah's closer to more closer to four per ninety. But he's accurate in those shots, just under fifty percent in the target. Um, you know, he, he dribbles a little bit more than Salah. He's got a little bit of a better success rate as well. Um, but he's he's maybe a little bit less creative. And I don't know. what What's your thoughts on him, Josh? Because what, one thing I've flagged here is that I feel like, obviously, we're just kind of having a, a scope of players now and talking about how they could potentially work at, a, at, a, at Liverpool because of X, Y, and Z. But... Obviously, he's been around for a while now. And do you think that there should be potential alarm bells? Like maybe some analysis is being completed on him on a more granular level, and big clubs are going, you know what, he's he's not worth the move. Yeah, to be honest, I'd, I'd probably have to have a little bit more of a look into him because I have seen him play plenty of times, but I don't watch the Dutch VC regularly and like that. And um, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe he's just needs to mature a little bit more I'd, I'd say if he gets to 25 and he's still not looking like moving that becomes a bit of a problem mm. I think 23 is still still largely fine even though the best do tend to get poached from my axe earlier than that uh, but yeah he looks good to me he looks you know very athletic transition based type of player who thrives when the ball's loose and things like that counter attacks and stuff um, and I wouldn't I, I wouldn't say he'd look out of place at Liverpool to be honest um, yeah. Funny enough, a player that I I had a look at but I didn't include in this was another Ajax attacker who who has since moved but drifted off the radar in terms of publicity. Uh, Justin Clyvert. Mm. Um, he, he's actually two footed. He's both footed, and he's still only twenty. He moved to Roma about last season or the or the year before or something like that. Um, hasn't really set the world like, but maybe he's just not suited to that league. And I has think, he not been playing, Josh? No, he's played. He's made eighteen appearances in Serie A, oh, okay. uh, but only one thousand three hundred and seventy minutes. So he's probably not playing many nineties days. He's probably appearing on and off as a substitute or something like that. Mm. But as I said, he's only twenty. Um, but I don't know. He 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 was being hailed as a, a real prospect and. Seems to have gone quiet a little bit with him, but from a wide forward perspective, if you were to give him to Jurgen Klopp at the age of twenty when he's two footed, he could become he could still become something something great him. Yeah, no, yeah. you spot on. There's a few of those players that sometimes get moves that don't quite work out, but they still could go on to be quite elite players. Like I I kind of thought that about uh, I mean going off subject a little bit, but you know, Malcolm, um, who ended up going yeah. to Barca. Um, I, I I thought he always had a move to another club where he could have been a success in him, but I think he ended up chasing money, didn't he, and going to Zenit. Um, but 
but yeah, interesting. Yeah, one other player I'd like to throw in there as well, just to um, <laughs> maybe back myself up a little bit because I think last season, before Nicholas Pepe had moved anywhere, um, I suggested that he was he was quite a Liverpool player. And I imagine that this season at Arsenal he's underwhelmed a lot of people. Uh, but for me, he's, he hasn't really been that different to what I expected, to be honest. Obviously, he's still very raw and still needs to to be coached and to how, his, how to apply his skills better on the pitch. But what I was talking about before in terms of how rare it is to find a Salah-type player in terms of a left-footed forward who can score goals and create goals and he's quick, Pepe fits the mould. Mm. Pepe one of the very few that actually fits the mould. Uh, obviously, he's moved to Arsenal now, so that's unlikely to be a move. But if, if Salah didn't exist... And Liverpool were after that wide forward with a left foot. I think Pepe will have been right, right up there. And you know, as the years move on, he's only 24. I'd, I'd expect him to improve, maybe not reach Salah's level, but I, I do think he's he's going to be better than what I've seen of him. And I do think he's he's, he's still quite a unique player in terms of in terms of that left foot. Yeah, no, I'd actually agree with that. People got to remember that not only is it quite difficult to adapt to the English game uh, you know in a stable club but Arsenal have been really unstable um, you know kind of fluctuate and, and Ray traditionally was a terrible tac- tactician you know he'd, he'd be constantly chopping changing several times within a game so it's hard to kind of know how you're meant to be playing and then um, the, the Arteta has come in now and kind of you know, introduces his philosophy. So I think this year has just been a bit of a write-off for him. But I'm with you. He's definitely one to want to keep an eye on over the next, you know, year or two. Yeah. Um, so that would that would be the front three then. Um, we will move on to to basically the the backup options we've got now. I think I've avoided Firmino here because Firmino Firmino's backup for me is very much. Mina Mino, I think he's a very appropriate backup. But in terms of Mane's backup, that's Rigi. And in terms of Salah's backup, that's Shakiri. I think both of those are dispensable. Both of those likely to be sold, I think, in the next one or two seasons. So t- to bring in basically more Liverpool appropriate players, more clock type players. So if Rigi was to be sold uh, in the upcoming summer, for example, who would you get in as a Mane backup? So, you know, a player who's basically not as good and not going to cost as much, but is more in the club type mould than Arigi is. Um, I don't know whether you'll agree with this one, um, but you know where I've put down, and I don't know if maybe I was coming at it from a different way, but I was thinking maybe just as a as a kind of uh, backup for Mane, who's an improvement. Um, I'm more than line would say Amane was just given how he's performing over the, recently and kind of breaking through as he's getting to a certain ages. I've gone for Harvey Barnes. Okay. Um, just because I think he's, he, he, you know, he's, he's only 22, isn't he, Barnes? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I'm not sure when his, yeah. um, when his contact runs still isn't like that. Like, but... Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I haven't looked beyond beyond that. I I just talked about really, you know, on the pitch. He's he's just got really good numbers. Um, you know, he's he, he, obviously he's had a, a, a kind of fine run in front of goal, which means he's 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 got about point three goals per ninety over the like past twelve months. He's only really started playing recently though. But um, yeah, I just think he's a good dribbler. Um, he's a handful. He he gets a, a decent amount of shots on goal and. It feels like it's been a real kind of breakout campaign for them, where people start taking quite, quite serious. Obviously, he plays he plays on the left, but I'm pretty sure off the top of my head, he he is right footed. Um, and I, don't, I think he, he he could have quite a high ceiling actually, and maybe a little bit higher than people realise. It's just how uh, important he is to Leicester, and if he is kind of finding this next level, you know, would would he would he go for cheap or would he then? Would Liverpool want to spend a high amount on a play that they'd only be potentially using as a reserve? Yeah, I remember last season looking into um, the Championship a little bit and his, his XG numbers were really good in the Championship. 
I think he was one of the top performers for yeah. West Brom. I think he was on loan. Um, and then when when he got recalled by Leicester, I was interested to see how he how he do. I think he was initially a little bit quiet, but every now and then he has this big burst, doesn't he? Of like a few goals or a, a bit of form and stuff, and he shows really what he's capable of becoming almost. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly that. Um, I'm just system's going a little bit slow here. Yeah. I'm just I'm aware that earlier those numbers that I had were kind of based on the last, you know. T- t- oh no, it's okay. I've got the updated numbers yet. So is is XG's about point three five per ninety uh, this season, and he's played over eighteen hundred minutes. So that's that's not bad. And his goal returned point three as well, um, which is quite. I think that's pretty solid. He's also point three assists and. Um, I could be wrong. I don't watch Leicester every week, but I don't think he's taking set pieces, is he? No, because they got Madison, haven't they? So, they, I mean, that's that's really not bad a, a bad output for them. Um, I mean, I, I've got a feeling he could go on to be quite quite a good player. Yeah, yeah. Um, my shout is <laughs> again. I hope um, I hope there's not too many regular listeners tuning in here because uh, this will be another one that they're familiar with, but. Uh, for Mane's side, I I do like that Milot Rashica. Um Werder Bremen, I've mentioned it before, twenty three years old, and the thing with Werder Bremen is the the currently second bottom of the Bundesliga, similar to Norwich in terms of likely to go down, so he he should be available. Um, his contract is inside its final two years. I guess the type of player, uh, quick over short distances. Um. 10 goals this season and 5 assists in the Bundesliga that's every 138 minutes and again that's despite playing for the relegation side mm. uh, about 2.9 shots as well yeah, 90 playing for the relegation side um, about 1.5 shot assists only downside I could really find considering he's probably going to be cheap is that he does have a tendency to shoot from virtually anywhere um, <laughs> Which is probably why he's shooting two point times per ninety. Um, maybe, but that's that's something that I think is easy, easily coachable um, to to get rid of that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm just having a look at his uh, like his playing positions and he it as well, doesn't he? Which is another bonus in terms of you know kind of shifting across the front line and into different positions. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm right in saying he's played on the left, through the middle, and on the right. Is, is that correct? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so he's as you obviously with picking him out on the left, he's predominantly plays on the on the left. But yeah, he he looks like he's kind of played everywhere, which is a which is a good sign of versatility. Yeah, um, and then now an alternative option if we was to get rid of Sheridan Security, a, a better backup option for Salah's side, which as we've established is quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. So I've kind of just. Uh, try to locate a player who tends to play in the right um, but left foot I think and, and you know isn't isn't really a blockbuster name but seems to be performing quite well at the moment and that's a, a player called uh, Ricardo Orsolini at Bologna um, oh, yeah. I'd yeah and he's he, I mean, he's, he's looking good isn't he he was he was he was signed from a, I can't remember who he was signed from in, the, in City B Originally with uh, and signed for Juventus, never played a game for them. Has gone to Bologna and he's gone on to be like a really, really kind of good player. You know, he's 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 scoring point four goals per ninety this season, which is impressive. You know, he's he's taking a ton of shots, uh, two point nine per ninety, and you know, like you were saying just then, Josh, the, these shots can kind of come from anywhere, but um, he's still scoring a lot, which is good. Um, he's quite the dribbler. Seven point four dribbles per ninety. Uh, over fifty percent of them are successful. Um, yeah, he's, he just seems a really good player, and you know, belong in a position where they can't really keep hold of of talent. You know, given the the stature club that they are, and I just wonder whether you know Liverpool could swoop in on a player who's he's shown lots of potential. Um, but maybe wouldn't have to be in a position to guarantee regular first team football. Um, I mean, how old is he now? Just let me have a look. Yeah, he's, he's only twenty three as well. Um, yeah. So it's a move that could make sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I've, I've looked at him before, I think. Um, just having a look now, one player that I overlooked with the salary position I didn't realise was uh, I didn't realise Leon Bailey was left footed. Yeah. Another player, another player of Bayer Leverkusen. 22 Jamaican. I think maybe, you know, he usually plays on the left despite being left footed. So he's obviously a winger rather than an inside forward. But he's a player who would, would probably fit the Salah mould in terms of um, quick, left footed, able to pose a threat in behind and that sort of thing. But, um, Sorry, but Leon Bailey, am I right in saying he could have played for England internationally? <laughs> yeah, I think there was something to do with that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jamaican. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, he's he's one that does kind of get um, overlooked a little bit, but you're 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 right to flag him. Yeah. Um. So, in terms of replacing Shakiri, I I tried to stick with the um the the attacking dynamic that I mentioned at the very start. So if if the front three were out, and you bring in replacements. Or you bring it, say for example, Salah gets injured. If you were to bring in Shakiri, you don't have the same attack and dynamic in terms of Firmino dropping off and two wide forwards running in behind, cutting inside on the favoured foot. So I tend to stick with the left footed thing, uh, just so that we can keep the dynamic that we've currently got, regardless of who's playing almost. Um, and I think the two players that I actually mentioned in terms of Rafinha and Chuck Reezy probably both fit. A Shakiri replacement bill as well. Um, mm. I think they both apply. Another player that, that showed up was um, Ritzo Down. I think PSV, uh, Japanese. I think they replaced. I think they sold Haring Lozano, and they replaced him with with Ritzo Down. Um, but it, it, he's quite an energetic player, left footed. Um, his output isn't great. Only three goals and three assists this season. 1,500 minutes, but he's only 21. Um, and he was, he was, I think Leverkusen have actually got quite a few left footers because Moussa Diaby is he? Yeah. For me as well. He's left footed. Um, but yeah, I think I think that one was quite a tricky one to, to find actually. Yeah, is there, is, there any, is there any of these that you thought like, you know, could, except we talk about, I think, Timo Werner, obviously, but is there any of them that you think could potentially happen with Liverpool? Yeah, well, that's, that's what I, that, my front three for, you know, replacing Marnie, Firmino and Salah, that was what I tried to do. I, I tried to um, basically do it as though I think these are the players that Liverpool have in like, you know, almost like a shadow squad. Yeah, yeah, where like you you compose like a, a first eleven behind your first eleven from players from Europe, and if say for example Andy Robertson was to be sold, we have an immediate left back in mind to replace him. I think Monchi's famous for doing that, and I think a few clubs do it. Um, so the, I think a, a Liverpool front three alternative to to our current front three would feature maybe Werner on the left, Havertz through the middle. And again, on the right, the Salah is is a tricky one. It's just a difficult, a difficult one to find a left-footed player who's, who's who's capable over there. See, it's so funny, you know. When when people ask me this question, he's always kind of been the one that I've said Liverpool could could afford to to lose. Um, but yeah, that's a common one. Yeah. yeah, when you're saying that, though, I, yeah, I get it. I I understand the point you're trying to make there. That you know those factors do all all play a part in it. Because um, if, if you're playing on the right and you're right-footed, you're more likely to drive with the ball towards the corner flag or the byline than you are towards the penalty box before shooting. So you, you do lose a real a real dynamic there. And I've seen people say, like, you know, sell Salah and get in Sancho. Listen, Sancho has proved that he can, he can play on either flank. So I, I get it to an extent. But at the same time, you would lose that that left footed, right footed dynamic from both sides, which I think is is very valuable. And I think that's one of the reasons why Liverpool's tactical, you know, template, if you like, hasn't really been copied throughout Europe. Because it's it's difficult to find the profiles that Liverpool have got in terms of like, you know, a playmaking right back, a really industrious midfield three that can still play football, mm. a familiar unicorn type, 
a left-footed Salah who can who's quick and can run in behind. These players are quite quite rare, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, you know, they they are well, they are so unique that it's it, that's why it's been so difficult because playing three up top is is not you know unheard of or isn't unique you know at elite level football but no one seems to be able to replicate it in the same way Liverpool do and it is down purely to to the personnel that they've got yeah yeah I mean yeah I can't really add much more to that to be honest but in terms of the listeners that are still with us you know can't really thank thank the listeners enough for tuning in and and staying tuned despite the um, you know probably a lack of commuting time that's now happening and the lack of time alone that's now happening to actually listen to podcasts. So if you're still with us, you know, thanks. Stick with us. Next week, we will be reverting back to the, the rewatchables uh, for, a, for a specific Liverpool match. We're not sure which one yet. And then the following week, we'll be doing this same podcast, but Liverpool's midfield rather than, rather than the attack as we did today. So uh, unless you've got anything to add, Dave, no, I enjoyed that, mate. Uh, looking forward to the next one. Yeah, hopefully it was an uh, enjoyable little listen there. So, thanks for joining us anyway. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, everyone. See you next week. You've been listening to the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel.